song of encouragement will be hymn number 271. 271. David penned a lot of psalms. He put a lot of his prayers and his thoughts to music. And we have them in the book, the collective book of the psalms. Psalm 31 happened to be a psalm in which David spoke about the trust that he had in God. Notice Psalm 31, verses 23 and 24. David encouraged, he said, O love the Lord, all ye His saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good cheer, and He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Hope is one of the greatest motivators in this life. Just think for a moment what hope does for the individual. Hope will change our behavior. It will change who we are, won't it? Hope will give one the ability to keep going when they would have otherwise given up. Hope is powerful. It is comforting, it will strengthen, and brethren, it is necessary in this life. The sick will persevere when there is hope. The unskilled will practice when there is hope. The downcast will press on when there is hope. The farmer will plow when there's hope. The preacher will preach when there's hope. The Christian's hope is one of the most important things in this life. Among the seven ones that Paul spoke of, he listed hope. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, he said, There's one body, there's one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling. The writer of Hebrews called the Christian's hope a better hope. Hebrews 7, verse 9. It's better because it's rooted in Christ. It's not rooted in a Savior to come. It's rooted in a Savior who's reigning over His kingdom. You know, most hope in the world is missing a key component. The hope the world understands is is not hope at all. Instead, it is a desire for something with no real expectation that it will ever happen. That is a desire, brethren, for blind luck. The Christian's hope is a desire for something with the expectation that it will be received. The writer of Hebrews defined hope as the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen. That's what scriptural faith is. Faith and hope, they go hand in hand. Now, I don't think that the writer of Hebrews intended for us to believe that there is no evidence for the things in which we hope. He simply said we can't see it in this physical world right now. And it is something that we will gain in the future. I can look around and I can determine that there is intelligent design to the universe, though I've never seen a creator. I can understand that. I don't have to see with my eyes something to know that it exists. I didn't have to witness those things. This morning, I want us to be encouraged as we consider hope. I want us to come to a personal and a better understanding of exactly what hope is and in what we hope in what we long to have. Without hope, there is no eternal life. And without hope, this life isn't worth living anyway. We hope for the glory of heaven because we do the things God has asked of us. And we expect God to do what He said He would do and we know that He will. And we look forward to the crown of glory which Paul spoke about. 2 Timothy 4 Verses 6 through 8. God has instructed us on the many aspects of hope. And I want us to notice a few of them this morning. I want us to be encouraged knowing that we have hope. The first thing I want us to notice is that hope is something that is active. Hope is active. Hope lives in us. And it will bless us. Hope will bless us. Hope saves the lost. Paul said this, he explained, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Romans eight twenty three through 25 Hope sets a goal for us. And those of us who believe in Christ, those of us who have obeyed the gospel, we will never allow any obstacle to stand between us and that hope. That's how great the hope is. And we'll expend the greatest amount of effort in gaining that goal. Hope's blessings are realized during difficult times. And when we overcome those difficult times, we we are led to an increased hope that will continue to allow us to face those difficult times in this life and be able to overcome them looking toward that for which we hope. We've been blessed with the Word of God so that we can have that hope, so it can grow in us, it can be built within us. We have to have that hope. Paul said, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. God has blessed us with the hope inducing the hope, inspiring the hope, building Word of God. Those who have never submitted to God, they're going to despair during the times of confusion in this life, but the righteous hope for better things, 1 John 3, 2-3, it inspires us to be better. The active hope of the Christian blesses us, but hope also shows us what we can become. Hope is a wonderful thing. Hope helps us to rise above the sins of the past 
helps us to become righteous and blameless and justified in the sight of God because we hope for something far greater. Colossians 1, 21-23 Hope is a permanent comfort to us and the foundation of all good things that we do in this life. Because we hope for the future reward of heaven, the faithful will bring forth fruits of righteousness and we'll see it in their lives. Paul told those in Colossae, Colossians 1 beginning with verse 3, he said, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which ye have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, wherefore ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. But you know, just any old hope's not going to work. Just any old hope will not provide for us those things that are necessary in this life. Just any old hope doesn't point toward that thing which is greater. Without God, Paul said, there is no hope, Ephesians 2 verse 12. So with God there is always hope. Anything outside of God would only be a hope in this world, and this world's not going to last for very long. That's why we have hope beyond this life, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. We hope to something greater. We hope to be greater. We hope to be reunited one day with those that we've lost. And we're comforted knowing that God watches over those who have their hope in Him, Psalm 33, 18 through 19. Because of that, we can understand that hope is an active force in our lives, and that active force of hope gives us assurance of eternal life. That's our second point. The assurance of eternal life has an immeasurable impact on the individual because it improves us. Now we have to understand what that assurance is. The assurance of eternal life is if you remain obedient to the laws of God, He will usher each of us into heaven. The one who who trusts only in the things of this life lives only for the here and now. Isn't that a sad life? Wouldn't it be awful to only live for the here and the now? When so often the here and the now is painful? See, we hope for that which is greater. Our morality is reflected in our beliefs. It's seen in our lives. And without hope in God, for the assurance to the faithful, if all we have in this life, we have no hope. But we do have hope. With God, there is hope. With God, we realize one day that that we're going to stand in judgment because we have that hope, Hebrews 9.27. We understand that as we stand in judgment, this world is not going to be in existence any longer. 2 Peter 3, 11-14 So we hope in that which is greater. We're not going to put our trust in this world because so often this world delivers something that we do not want. And because of all of that, we're going to live for the one who died for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 14-17 Realizing that what we are 
does not consist of what we have physically in this life. All that becomes secondary to all those things that are important. Love for one another, friends, family, fellowship, being with the faithful, all who have the same hope. We learn our treasure is in heaven, Matthew 6.20. And we'll live in such a way that we can be with Christ eternally, Philippians 1.21-23. The assurance of hope will cause one to want to improve in this life, but that exact same hope is the incentive behind that improvement. It will cause us to purify our lives. The Apostle John said, 1 John 3, beginning with verse 2, He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as He is impure. We have the hope of eternal life. Christ is pure, and because of that hope, we have the incentive to be pure ourselves. We can be with God eternally and with those we love. It gives us the incentive to live righteously, Paul told Titus, Titus 2, 11 through 13. And it gives us a reason to be joyful, Romans 12, 12. Don't we need some joy in this life? You know, those who are not Christians, they don't understand that kind of joy. It passes their understanding, Paul said. He explained it this way, Philippians 4, beginning with verse 6. He said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be, known, be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, the Christian's understanding of God and the hope that lives in him surpasses the understanding of the world who only has their hope in physical things. If their hope is only in the physical, that's going to end. That is no hope at all. Hope's not going to be eternal, but we can realize it in eternity. You know, it is very difficult for the world to understand how a Christian can have joy during times of difficulties, times of sadness. It's not difficult for for those who've given themselves to Christ to understand that. That doesn't mean that we enjoy the, the difficulties themselves, that we want sadness to come upon us. That's not what it means. But it means we can look past that on into eternity and understand that in that life, in the next life, The tears will be wiped away. There's not going to be any more crying. There's not going to be any more goodbyes in that life. See, that's the hope that we hang on to. That's the hope that keeps us going. And because of that, we continue focusing on the goal of heaven for God, for ourselves, and for those who are Enjoying that pleasure right now. See, knowing the eternal truth of eternal life, we understand the active hope of the Christian and the assurance of hope 
that were given by God to the faithful. We understand that all of that, we can boil that down and we can understand that came to us because of the affection God has for each of us. And why don't we take advantage of it? Most of the world won't do that. Paul encouraged Romans 5, beginning with verse 1. He said, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And then he says, And, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. How can we understand God's affection for us during times of difficulties? I think we can understand through through recognizing that we are in His presence. When When we're going through the difficulties of this life. The writer of Hebrews encouraged his readers, he said... Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for He Himself has said, Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God has always been close to those who want to be close to Him. Even when we find ourselves in situations less than what we desire, He is still with us. All we have to do is look to Him and Search Him out. He hasn't left us. He's not going to leave us. He's still with us. We can look around and we might have financial distresses. We might have difficulties in our families. And we might even lose someone that we love dearly. God's not going to forsake us. He's still in charge. And He still loves His people. The blessings He has in store for us are unimaginable. I want us to notice how Jesus comforted His apostles, John 14, beginning with verse 1. He promised this. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there ye may be also. I want us to notice that Jesus didn't say, I'm going to go create a place for you. He said, I'm going to go prepare that which has already been created. In my Father's house or many mansions, there's room for all who would come. And Jesus loves us so much, He went to prepare that place. Have you ever returned home for Thanksgiving or Christmas or a holiday or something and, and before you got there, mom or grandma, they went about preparing the place for your presence? Oh, it was the same home. Maybe even the one in which you grew up. and But they did something a little special to it, didn't they? They did just the right things that made it feel so welcoming and warm and and hospitable, and and comfortable, and made you want to go be there. 
And when you weren't there, it made you long to go back. That's what Jesus is doing right now. He went to prepare a place because He loves us so much, He wants us to long to be there. He wants it to be a place of comfort, a place where where there's room for anyone who wants to come. Isn't it wonderful when our family all comes together and and we're sitting around the table and we're having a meal and we're looking across and, and talking to each other? You know, we'll have that again one day. We'll have that again in heaven with those who have died faithful. Hope will encourage the Christian to maintain It allows us to understand that we are in the presence of God. And all of that's true because of His power. God's power provides for us all we need to live in this physical life. We can look at the physical creation. He's given us everything we need to survive in this life. And in the exact same way, He has provided for us every single thing we need to be successful in our spiritual lives. Peter promised to his reader, 2 Peter 1, beginning with verse 3. He said, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, when we consider our own children, we want to give them the best possible start in life, don't we? They come up and they they grow to adulthood. We send them off to college and we try our best to pay for it. We don't want them to go into the world with a load of debt. We don't want them to have to, to start already in an uphill battle. We want to start them off financially in this life the best that we're able. But see, we ought to And we better, and we need to always start them off in the best possible way spiritually as well. And that's what God was thinking. He wants to give us every tool that we need to do well in this life. John prayed for Gaius. He said, I want you to prosper financially, physically, in as much as you prosper spiritually. God has given us all things that pertain unto life, and godliness. He's done that for us. He's advised us. He's commanded us. He's warned us. He's exhorted us. He's pleaded with us. He's begged us. He's given us all that information for our benefit. And He's done it in such a way that we can continually go back to it and we can be encouraged. And we can reestablish our hope when it begins to waver. God has given hope to those who will accept it. He wants us to understand that. You know, I was asked one time by a person, he said, how do I get faith? I said, you first have to want it. You have to want faith. I think most people want to hope they want their hope to rest in something but for it to be beneficial 
our hope has to be a real hope. It has to be in God. It has to be an active hope. It has to be a hope of assurance and it has to be based on the affection that God did all of this for us. And then that hope will carry us through when we have difficult times. Hope will encourage us. It will edify us. It will make us want to be better. It will make us want to please the faithful around us, to please God. It will make us want to live in such a way that one day we can be reunited with those that we've lost. If you're discouraged this morning, morning, lean on God's hope. Lean on His hope. Don't be discouraged. If you've never obeyed the gospel, allow hope to bring you into the presence of God through faith and repentance, confession, immersion in water for the forgiveness of sin, and faithful living. If you've done that and, and your hope is wavered and You've allowed hope to leave you and you just don't have hope in this world anymore. But at one time you were a Christian and you had that hope in your life. Allow that hope to, to live again and allow it to bring you back and, and to guide you back into the fold. We all want to be in heaven one day together. And we can only do that if we allow our hope to manifest itself in obedience. And then, you know what? We can better look into eternity. We can look past all the physical and all the the trials and all the tribulations and we can look into eternity. We can see into the very throne room of heaven and we can know for surety God will save the obedient and we will again be reunited. Be no tears. Be no sadness. Be no loneliness. We have hope. If you need to answer this Lord's invitation, please do that as we stand and as we sing.